Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes of your day with us. I'm going to hand off to Nick Page in just a moment, but I wanted to remind everyone about the contest that we're running in July 2016. If you share the show anytime between July 1st and July 31st, you will be entered to win a free portfolio review from me. You'll submit some of your images. I will record a personal message and give you back an MP3 where you can listen to it and get some feedback from me on how to improve your photography. To enter, give me an iTunes review or go on social media and share three hashtags. Hashtag photography, hashtag podcast, hashtag photo taco, all one word there, hashtag photo taco. So those three hashtags, put that on your post, share it, say something about the show, and uh, you'll be entered to win. We've already had a number of people get entered. You're, you still have a, a few more days to enter that contest and i'd love to see you do that so thanks everyone and on to the fabulous nick page hey guys welcome to another episode of photo taco this is nick page i'm going to be doing today's episode so today i wanted to talk a little bit about my recent experience jumping into drone photography and video i just picked up a dgi phantom 4 very excited about it. Uh, really an amazing quadcopter. It does so much. And it was the very first quadcopter of any kind that I've ever owned. So not only did I have one of the most expensive of the the Phantoms or the DJIs, but I also don't know how to fly them. So I figured it might be an interesting episode talking about the learning curve of what it takes to get into drone photography. So I got my drone mostly because I wanted to increase the offerings of my weddings and the different shoots that I do. At least that was my justification for buying it because, you know, as a business owner, I kind of have to be able to justify some of the things I'm spending money on. And uh, the DJI is not a cheap, cheap one. I ended up paying about $1,600 for my particular package that I got that came with extra propellers, two extra batteries. And then I got the Pelican case for it because the case that comes with the DJI isn't the best case in the world. And I wanted to be able to protect it when I travel with it. So I got this big fancy Pelican case and that alone was 200 bucks. So uh, the DJI is the first time I flew it. It took a little bit of setup, you know, uh, having to connect the phone to the, the to the controller, get it all calibrated, get your GPS calibrated and all that fun stuff. But really, once I got it in the air, it wasn't nearly as hard as I expected. Um, there's a little bit of new muscle memory involved in having to operate the sticks and make it do what you're wanting it to do. But once you get that little bit of muscle memory down, I would say after the third flight or so, I was doing some pretty cool stuff with it. I was getting photos and video with it that uh, looked pretty cool and pretty cinematic. So uh, some of the things that I highly recommend if you're going out to buy one, make sure you get extra batteries for one. The batteries don't last very long. Uh, typically, they they last around 25 minutes. I think they advertise that they last about 30 minutes, but 25 is is more of a safe bet because you never want to run your battery completely dead because it falls out of the sky when it does. So you're typically only using three quarters of each battery. Getting extra batteries, while they're expensive, you definitely want to have a couple extra ones in the bag. 
Um, and having a decent tablet or phone uh, to connect to, I attempted to use one of my old phones and it the the app just didn't work very well with it. And then I tried using one of my old tablets and it, you know, I did a factory refresh on the tablet and, you know, got it all brand new, just like it, it was out coming home from the store. I believe it was a Samsung tab three older, but still pretty decent. And it wouldn't even allow me to download the app. So you're going to need some kind of newer iPad or a new phone. My uh, my Samsung S7 works great with the app, and I just purchased a tablet. I don't remember what it was that I ended up getting, but I just purchased the tablet just for using with the drone. So that's going to add a little bit to your cost. But the better your tablet, the better your phone is, the more able you're going to be to operate your drone. It's kind of an important part of it. Um, so the first couple of flights that you do, you want to make sure that you're doing it in a fairly safe area. Not a lot of trees, not a lot of obstacles, because inevitably you're going to push it in a direction that you shouldn't and, uh, and run it into something. Uh, make sure that you're flying it in the, the P mode, which is basically the program mode where it has obstacle avoidance. That's one of the cool things about the Phantom 4 is that it has sensors on the sides and on the front and on the bottom, uh, not on the back. In theory, it won't let you run into stuff. And as long as you have it in that P mode, or I, th I believe it works in sport as well, it's not going to allow you to run into stuff. And that, that comes in handy when you're a novice flyer and, uh, and you end up doing things that you didn't mean to do. Uh, also, you're going to want to make sure that your home point is set. That home point is basically it logging exactly where it took off um, on GPS. That way, if it loses signal, anything goes wrong, it's going to return to home and land. And in addition to that home point, you get to set the elevation for when it comes back to home, the elevation that's going to fly out when it comes back to home. That's an important thing. Like if you're in a town with a whole bunch of really tall trees, you're going to want to set that up to around a hundred feet or 200 feet just to make sure that it's going to be up above those trees when it tries to come home. Very important. So some of the coolest things that my DJI 4 does, and I don't want to make this specific just to the Phantom 4, but um, I want to kind of give you guys some ideas of stuff that you guys can do with your drones. It'll record at 120 frames per second at full HD. And of course, that's excellent for a really ultra epic slow-mo video. Um, I just tried this out last night, actually, for the first time. And the footage is so cool that the benefit of recording at a higher frame rate and then slowing it down is not only that you get that nice cinematic slow motion, but it also smooths everything out. So the movements that you're doing with your quadcopter are even smoother and more cinematic looking. The gimbal works excellent on the camera as it is, but if you slow down your footage a little bit, it, it's, it just gets a little extra smooth. So I highly recommend if if you're uh, recording some kind of footage that is not it doesn't need to be, you know, at live speed, even recording it at 30 frames per second and then slowing it down to 24 when you go to edit it helps tremendously to smooth out your footage. So uh, a very cool thing that you can do with all drones, I believe, is that because you can adjust your exposure compensation, 
you can bracket your shots. So one of the things that I've been doing is I will go way up high and I'll get this shot that has both sky and foreground in the shot. And then I will bracket my shots just like I would with my DSLR. That way I can expose from my highlights, I can expose from my shadows, and then probably one in between, and then I can blend those later on in Photoshop using luminosity masks just like I would with any of my photography. So um, just because you're on a drone doesn't mean you have to throw it in auto mode. You can um, adjust your settings manually. You can take control of it and really pay attention to what it is that you're doing. I've found that composing shots from the air is a little bit tricky. Uh, it's not as easy as working on a, on a tripod and that's why having those larger tablets does come in handy is because you can really see what it is that you're framing up when you're working off your phone. It's easy to not quite see everything that you have in your shot and not quite get things lined up just the way you want it. Those larger tablets are really nice for if you're going to be doing some serious photography with them. So get creative with these. Like it's not just about getting a little bit of footage of, you know, it's not just for real estate. You can do so much cool stuff with them. Um, One of the things that I've been doing is wedding video and wedding photography with it. Uh, Doing wedding photography later in the evening when the, the during golden hour, when the shadows are really long and get those really cool long shadows across where you have these tiny little people, but their shadows are just like, you know, 50 feet long. And you can really emphasize that from the air. So another thing that's going to really come in handy, a little accessory that's going to come in handy, especially for doing video, is going to be ND filters and circular polarizers. You can buy tiny little cute little polarizing and ND filters for the Phantom and other uh, quadcopters. The reason those are going to come in handy It's not so much for the photo side of things, although the circular polarizer would work for that, but it's for the video side of things. You want to keep your shutter speed down around, you know, one one hundredth of a second or so. Um, That way you're not getting really choppy, uh, choppy video. It'll keep your video smooth and ND filters will help in that, those brighter light situations um, to keep that that shutter speed where you want it to be. you can get little packs like on Amazon. Make sure you, you get a good brand because if you don't get a good brand, there's going to be image problems, <laughs> image quality problems that come from that. Now, I'm not going to get into the legal side of things. I will let Jim handle that. Um, like I said, I've just got mine. Um, I know that I have to get it, get it certified and stuff, but I haven't gone through that whole process yet. So I'm a terrible person to talk to about the FFA or the FAA regulations and stuff. Uh, but just know that you need to be smart about where you take these. I just went to uh, a fireworks display in Spokane, Washington, and there was thousands of people watching this, this uh, fireworks display, and there was probably four drones just flying around in the middle of the fireworks display. And while that might yield some pretty cool footage, it's it's pretty inconsiderate to like all the photographers that are down there that are going to have these red and green streaks through all their photos because all of these drones. Um, and then there's the whole situation about drones being flown over forest fires and then and then the uh, aircraft that need to fly in there to to uh, put out the fire. They can't do it because they're worried about running into a drone and crashing and stuff. 
be very, very cautious and considerate about where you fly these. There's going to be so many photographers out there with drones now that if we're not all considerate, there's going to be just a whole bunch of idiots out there with drones. So don't be an idiot. Don't be part of the problem. Be one of the more cautious people out there and just be very considerate. And there's plenty of places to fly them as long as you're not going to be in somebody's way. Another recommendation I have for you is that DJI and some of the other ones they have uh, flight simulators that you can practice with. I highly recommend those before you do your first flight. That way you get a feel for what each uh, control is going to do. And hopefully your quadcopter is going to stay in the air rather than plummet back to earth. They're really easy to fly as long as you're not running into stuff that you're going to be okay. Just make sure that you're not flying it right to the end of your battery life and make sure that you're keeping eye contact with it where you're flying. It gets, it gets really tempting to fly strictly looking through your your phone or your tablet just looking through the camera the problem with that is that you can only see ahead of you and you can't see to the, your sides and it's really easy to run into stuff that way you want to make sure you keep eye contact with your drone just so you know where it is and so you know which way you need to fly to bring it back it's it's surprisingly easy to lose that thing so make sure you're keeping eye contact on your drone uh, while it's in the air all right, hopefully this has been interesting. If you're thinking about getting into uh, drone photography and video, uh, just make sure that you practice a little bit with the flight simulators. I'm really, really happy with my DJI Phantom 4, um, but there's definitely some more affordable options out there. All right, thanks guys so much. We'll see you later, and thanks for listening to Photo Taco. Take it easy. The views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a permission is earned. Olay!